Hello and welcome to episode 105 of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Plannerverse. I am with my colleague today, Steve Morton. Hello, Steve. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. And you? I am doing very well. Thank you for asking. It's lovely to see you. I'm glad that we're able to continue our podcasts despite this year. 2020 has really brought us in for a a walloping this year. I don't know how else to describe it. Everyone that I've spoken to has a level of, oh my goodness, that has happened. And it is amazingly, no one has the words to describe it. Even I, the talker extraordinaire, have, have, I'm at a loss for words to describe what this year has brought on. And it's still not over. We're, we're running up towards the end of, of the year, and we have a lot of time to get into uh, being able to redo or take advantage of what this year has left for us. And Steve and I are really put our heads together on this one, Plannerverse. We really want you to get on board with the fact that there's, there's less than 60 days left to the end of the year. I know we all would like to take this magic pill and just wake up suddenly 10 minutes prior to December 31st and celebrate the new year. Um, but before we get there, before we get there, I think it's worthwhile for us to review where we've gotten so far and what we can do to increase and encourage productivity from a standpoint of having gotten walloped this year. Let's just all come to terms with the fact that we have all just taken a beating. And in order to get from point A to point B, point B being somewhere where our we have a semblance of goals being achieved and we can look back on 2020 and say, well, at the very least, I got that done. <laughs> if nothing else, I got that done, whatever that that is for you. Uh, Steve and I have decided to make the next few episodes something where we can encourage one another and have a guiding system or a, a guideline system where we can manage all of this through our planners. What a, what a novel, what a novel idea, Steve, using our planners for productivity, <laughs> wouldn't you say? <laughs> yeah. You think? All those blank pages you've got in the last few weeks or pages with things that were were planned that you've ended up crossing out and thinking, <laughs> and you've been using pencil far more than you normally do. And yeah, yeah. You know, pen is a sort of a rarity that you think, oh, where did I leave the pen? I haven't touched it for two days or something. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. You so, sort of ended up going around in circles so many times in some forms that you've just sort of Isn't given it? up on. I think going around in circles, you called it Groundhog Day earlier. It's been the Groundhog yeah. Year. It really has. You find yourself every day in the same day wondering, what am I doing with myself today? And today, what are we doing? Uh, same thing we did yeah. yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing what day of the week has been even worse for me. Well, yes. more, more than normal, I think. And it's been a very bizarre uh, fourth dimension year as far as time or temporal changes are concerned. Either you find the week completely dragging on or you wake up, it's Monday, you close your eyes, you blink and it's Friday afternoon again. There's no in between. There hasn't been like this nice progression of weeks and days and oh, we know what we're getting into. It's either the week has sped by or it hasn't. And 
And so it, it, coming to the point of this episode, which is we've gotten on off, off our, one of our tangents again, Steve, is the concept of, of Jim Rohn's speeches. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of Jim Rohn. He's one of the great American salesmen, uh, one of the great American speech writers or, or spe- speech givers. He wasn't really writing them because he would do a lot of off-the-cuff stuff. Uh, but Jim Rohn, R-O-H-N, is, uh, I think is an American gem. And I started Sadly, listening. no longer with us. Yeah, yeah, we've lost half of our audience, have we, Jim? <laughs> have no, we, no. Steve? <laughs> no, he's no longer with us. <laughs> oh, he's no longer with us. You know, he's, he's gone the way of the dodo, indeed. But um, one of the nice things that he has left is a lot of his speeches were recorded at his events. And there is a plethora of YouTube videos and recordings still available where you can actually hear and listen to him talk. And in doing so, uh, I picked up a few pointers that I thought would be relevant to our listeners. And one of the things I appreciated about him, and I think you did too, Steve, is you said he's got a very simple and clear-cut direction when he talks. It's not hard to understand him. It's n- You don't have to sit there and try and figure out the quantum physics of it all, yeah? He's just very here's what you have to do if you want to be successful kind of talks. And one of the things that we picked up on his talk, and I think uh, Steve is going to link his talk in the notes, in the show notes when we're done with this so that you can all listen to it, is that time is precious. And I know we know that. You and I know that. Everybody knows that time is precious. But we find ourselves inevitably wringing our hands at the idea of what this year has left in store for us. And I'm going to boldly assert that instead of wringing our hands and wondering what this year has left in store for us, is to think about all the goals that we had set up December 31st, 2019, and see how many of those we can tackle in the next month and a half or month and three quarters of what's left here. I know by the time this podcast actually gets published, It's going to be a month and a half, and I'd like to encourage you all to see if you can go through your lists and come up with one or two major goals, and we'll get into the majors and minors later in this uh, episode, but one or two major goals that you think you would like to see yourself complete before the end of the year with the concept of time being precious. And, And I'll jump right into it. So Jim Rohn, during his talk, mentions about that life is not just the passing of time, it's a collection of experiences, their frequency and their intensity. This is based on one of his friend Bill Bailey's quotes. So life is not just the passing of time, but it's a collection of experiences, their frequency and their intensity. And if we're finding ourselves in a year where the frequency and intensity of events is slow, then what we ought to consider is the management of that time and when we should start our day. So is our day starting later as a result of everybody's lockdown? Is our day starting earlier as a result of the lockdown? What is it that we can alter? And one of the things that Jim mentions is don't start the day until you've finished it. So I, he, he goes on to mention don't start the week until you've finished it and don't start the month until you've finished it and don't start the year until you've finished it. And Steve and I were sat here looking at each other going, yeah, Jim, obviously. Um, thanks for mentioning that, Captain Obvious. But so what are your thoughts on this, Steve? I know we were talking earlier, but I really liked your take on this. The, 
the the thought I had about this was, and it, as you say, it wasn't obvious when he came comes out with these statements. You think, mm-hmm. okay, so you can see what's coming next, and you think, but what did he actually mean by that? And to me, it was, don't start the th- thinking about tomorrow until you've managed to achieve what you've done today. Focus on what you're doing today before you start thinking about tomorrow and the same with the week don't start you know panicking about next week until you've got everything out of the way of that you wanted to do this week sort of thing now that might sound very simplistic uh, and the statements are fairly simplistic when you look at them on paper or on the screen but if you think about getting yourself organized into doing things in sensible sort of steps and sensible sizes then you should be able to get everything done today before you need to start worrying about tomorrow or get stuff done this week before you start worrying about next week next month next year and so on so you actually manage to um order the sort of the size of the tasks that you're hoping to achieve to break them down into whichever size that they need to be sized in and then spread them out accordingly. Now, that may sound a little bit too idealistic, but um, I think once you sort of start to um, think about this idea you'll start to sort of see where you can sort of start winning from. Um, You know, if you sort of start, if you're trying to think about tomorrow during today too much, it's diverting your attention from what you're trying to achieve today. And, and, you know, the same for the other time periods. Right. And if if we look at it from the perspective of not knowing what a planner is for right just to pick calendar the planner doesn't know that we can see all the dates Mm. (laughs) the planner only has the day that it's showcasing because it happens to be the day it's our own human faults it's our own human brains for trying to encompass all of our desires and wishes and goals into the space in which the planner provides so what i'm saying is that you don't start the day planning until you know you've completed all the things you have planned. If you do break it up into bite-sized pieces so that it's doable and actionable and realistic in your daily process, then one of the things that we have to consider is that we don't necessarily know when the day is going to be completed. We know that we have planned for certain things for completion for the day, but the day may get completed for you by 9 a.m. in the morning. If you wake up at 5 a.m. and you've completed your daily taskings, you may be complete at 9 a.m. And now you can start planning for your next day. But if you are someone who has spaced out their to-dos and the taskings that you have set up as far as your goal planning goes, Maybe it takes you most of the day to complete and your day is not quote unquote complete until you know that you've gotten to a point where it's managed, it's out of your control and now you're running into time that is 
the date, the time that can be spent planning for the following day. I hope, I hope that makes sense. I think ultimately what the, the two sides of the same coin is that you don't want to start the day and start meaning planning, but start also means completing. So you don't want to plan and you don't want to complete until you're ready to plan or until you're ready to complete or if you've completed. So that's the brilliance behind the statement that Jim said. And including is the don't start the week until you've finished it. So don't start planning for the week until you know you've mentally and psychologically grasped everything that you've had on that tasking to do. And don't start the month until you know that you're prepared to go ahead and do the planning for the following month. One of the things that Steve also mentioned earlier, and I'm going to remind you of this, Steve, for the audience, is that once you've completed something, it's out of mind, out of sight. You said that you have a notebook that you that you sort of keep with you towards towards the evening, and it's around midnight or close to midnight when you're just jotting things down. And once they're jotted, you said they're done. They're out of your field of vision, right? Relax, and I can go to sleep knowing that I've not won't forget something. Right. When I wake up in the morning, because the the usual first thing is, where am I? What day of the week is it? (laughs) (laughs) And then, what was I intending to do today? But fortunately, I've got my little notebook that I can just grab and just, you know, refresh my mind. Oh, that's right. I was going to do this, going to do this, going to do this sort of thing. And away we go. The, the checklist, again, we've discussed checklists ultimate so many times, and I still love it. I, I wake up, usually Friday mornings is when we do our podcast for some reason. It's uh, Fridays that's been agreeing with me and Steve lately. And I still wake up Friday mornings not knowing what I'm doing. For the, for the first 15 to 20 minutes of the day, I'm just enjoying the process of waking up. It's only later once I go through my list of what I've got going on that I'm like, oh, I probably should get my stuff together. Steve's expecting me to have something ready for the podcast and I better should have, you know, all of these other things that get going. But the beauty of this concept of don't start the day until it's finished is that I am not pulling my efforts from tomorrow because I can't be focused today. I don't have to worry about what I have going on tomorrow because the only thing that matters is today. And today matters only so far until I complete it. And when you complete the day is when you decide that it's completed. You have to be mentally and psychologically prepared to call it a day. And for everybody listening, it's going to be a different time event. It's going to be a different time-space continuum, right? Maybe, like I said, your day might be completed by 9 a.m. or it might not get completed until 11.59 p.m. Especially with us two, where we're nine hours apart now. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you're starting your day and I'm sort of nine hours or more into it. Right, (laughs) right. We have a tendency to send text messages to one another and I... I tell Steve, how, how's nine hours into the future going? Are we, are we still alive on planet Earth? You know, how, how's the future yeah, how, looking today? How, how will the next nine hours look for me? Right, right. What, what can I expect out of uh, the 2020? It's coming at me. So what, one of the tips that Jim uses in his speeches to decide what's valuable and what's not is he has a thing called learn to study majors and minors. And... He says, don't major in minor things 
and what are the minor things? I think in from his perspective, he's dealing with uh, salespeople that want to make sure that they're closing the sale. But I'd like to assert that we are the client. We are our, our own client. And if we take a look at our goals and we see that we haven't completed them, we're in November of 2020, we're coming to the close of the year. The year is taking a turn for whatever it, it's wanting to do and we still find ourselves with goals that need completion, I think one of the things we have to ask ourselves is what are the major goals that we would have liked to have seen completed? And the minor things are all the support functions that it takes to get to that goal, but the actual doing of the goal is the major thing. If you Mm. wanna lose weight, the losing of the weight is the major part of it. You actually have to show results, the metrics as to where you're at with it is where it's at. If you want to be someone that starts waking up earlier, then you actually have to show days where you're waking up earlier. Joining the gym is the minor task. Going to the gym and actually putting in the effort is the major. (laughs) Researching the gyms, driving to the gym, walking to the gym, paying the gym bill, all of these things are the minor tasks, right? They're all the support functions that go around the goal. Um, and one of the things that we have to consider is that when, we, when we're dealing with minor tasks, sometimes we think we're doing the major tasks. Sometimes we think that we have oh, everything's on track because we're dealing with all the support functions related to the major goal. But Jim is right. Don't major in minor things, right? You had said if, if there's a, a mother working from home, her major time might be spending time with her husband. Her major time might be spending time with her children. All the minor things are doing the laundry, prepping the meals, making sure everybody's okay, the you know faces are wiped and seats are clean and all of this stuff. That's all essential, critical stuff, but it's not the actual goal. The goal and the major stuff is to be with the family members when they're needed and and sort of nurturing and development of all of these individuals within the family unit. And so I would urge everyone listening to consider if you were your own client, if you were to take yourself on as your own client, because Steve was right earlier, he said people have spoken to him many times saying that they don't work for a living or they work from home or they don't really have any clients. Well. What if you made yourself the client and you added a value rating to the goals that you had? Would you be starting the day when you start the day? Would you be finishing the day when you finish the day? And are there elements of those goal minors that can be incorporated such that they're spread out throughout the week so that you're actually completing your goal by the time you get to the end of the week? Or you're completing a phase of the goal by the time you get to the end of the month? Or in other words, can you back plan? Can you create milestones throughout the year or throughout the month or throughout the week or throughout the day where you know that if you hit this particular marker, you have passed the halfway point of success? I loved one of his things where he said, save work until you're at work. Don't try to get to the office on the way to the office. Save your concentration. When you're at the beach, do the beach things when you're at the office. Do the office things. Don't do the beach things in the office. Yes, it's you don't have to be completely antisocial, but concentrate on the things that you've got planned for there. You know, shut off the thing. And and that to me was another way of looking at work-life balance. 
um, yeah. you know, and always get that in the right proportions as well. And the way um, he says it, it doesn't even have to be balanced. No. You just have to be present to the activity that you're doing, right? Mm. You don't need to worry about balancing anything because mm. if you're present at the beach, then you're at the beach. And if you're present at the office, then you're present at the office. But what we do is we end up worrying about what's happening at the beach or at the office. Yeah. And that's where the success, I think that's the leveraging portion of the success on how you're going to complete your goals. Because even though there's just under 60 days left towards the completion of the year, you still can leverage, if you spend, I would say, what would you say, Steve, 30 minutes or half an hour, or, or uh, half an hour, or 30 minutes or an hour spent on achieving a goal, do you think, which has more value to you if, if you were to settle down on a time frame, an hour a day or 30 minutes? Well, sometimes I sort of try and think about something small to do. And it might be something that I keep sort of, it's not, I don't tackle it as one large job from start to finish. I might go and do a portion of it. And then I might get called for lunch or something like that. So I sort mm. of you know, leave it behind. And then I might not go back to it straight away. I might go off and do something else. And then come back to it again when I think, oh, let me go for a... Instead of just sitting in front of the desk all, uh, the mm -hmm. desk all the time, I like to get up each hour during the day. So sometimes I'll, I'll sort of, you know, divert my attention. Right, I, I've come to a convenient stopping point with what I was doing at the computer. Let's go off and, you know, sort out those books or whatever it was I was doing upstairs sort of thing. So I'll divert my attention and sort of give my eyes a sort of a a rest and sort of change your focus and what have you and give my mind a rest as well that's one of the remember we talked about the pomodoro technique a while back mm. steve and that's one of the reasons i really advocate for it personally i think if you spend an hour a day doing a tasking that you wants to bring you closer to your goal then you will be successful an hour a day if you total them up at the end of a week you've got seven hours to put towards the attention of a goal that weren't there before. You didn't have those seven hours dedicated prior to that. So at the end of the month, you have all these other hours that are adding up and you're getting completion towards the end of the year. What I'd like to suggest is that if you do use a tool like the Pomodoro technique, what you're doing is you're breaking up your hour into bite-sized portions, very much like what Steve just said. So you've got um, 20, 20 or 25 minutes, depending on how you set your timer, do focused effort during those 20 to 25 minutes, which are uninterrupted. If you do get interrupted, reset the timer. That is the basis of the Pomodoro technique. So you spend 20 to 25 minutes doing this uninterrupted task and then take a break for five minutes, despite the fact that you think you're making progress in your goal. The idea is to frustrate your mind so that it attacks the goal with fervor when it gets back from the break. So you do the 20 minutes, you take the five minute break, and then you come back and then you work for another 20 minutes uninterrupted. And you've now completed, again, it's the Pareto principle here, the 20, the 80, 20 rule. You've completed 40 out of 60 minutes, leaving 20 minutes to, to do whatever you want. If you wanna do another 20 minutes, you can. Um, but what you have to understand is that if you do consistent work like this, you will find yourself making greater progress in less time. And it will not be this out of control goal that you're never getting around to. You've just completed 
three segments or two segments of something that most people only think about doing the night prior and in the morning, their day sweeps them away from everything that they had set up because there was no process set in place. And I think ultimately what I'd like to encourage everyone to do is to set up the process that's going to make it easy for you when you wake up to understand that you've got one tasking to do for 20 minutes on that day. And if you want to hit it again, then you've got a second one for 40 minutes. So now you've completed most of what you wanted to get done towards the completion of that goal. And it really doesn't take a lot out of you mentally or psychologically, does it, Steve? Like if I tell you you've got, you've got to spend 20 minutes working towards your goal a day, it's not a big deal. And then once you've done the 20 minutes, if you think maybe I can squeeze in another 20 minutes of it somewhere, it's very, very doable. It's not like this overwhelming, well, I've got to sit down and mark off my tick box and I haven't done anything on this tick box, so therefore nothing is getting done. And I think that's what's been the issue with uh, dealing with a year like we have been dealing with, is that we, we either have been doing the tasks or haven't been. There's been no in between. There's been no, well, I sort of succeeded or I made progress towards my goal. And I think that's, that's the goal that I'd like to get out with this message today in episode 105 is to make sure that everybody understands that it's okay to make progress towards your goal so long as you're moving. If you're not sat there not doing anything, then you're succeeding. You're moving towards it. Just remember to track it accordingly because the tracking is what gives you the psychological stimulus to know that where you are in the process of success. Another one of his things that I liked, there was quite a few of his things uh, statements that I actually sort of latched onto straight away because they were very similar to how I used to work when I went to work sort of thing like learn to say no you know don't always think that you have to say yes to doing everything sort of thing and um, asking questions up front that really hit the nail on the head for me because in the sort of project work that I was involved in, the, the more you could sort of drag out of your uh, project sponsor slash client at the front of the project could potentially save you an awful lot of time sort of two thirds in when you'd suddenly realised if I should have asked him that question and then you either pause while you get the answer or you end up having to redo things because you'd missing, misunderstood something somewhere. Um so there's a, quite a few of these things in here that I thought, gosh, And yes. we're going to continue discussing these. Yeah, for towards the mm. end of the year, I think Steve and I want to make a series of podcasts that allow us to do the Jim Ronness of it all. Uh, there's so much wisdom and so much common sense, everyday usage, practical usage out of his statements that I think we're going to leverage this as much as we can. It really inspired me to try and rethink the way that I do my goals. And I like the idea that it doesn't have to be all or nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people that tends to give up if I don't see progress on a goal. And if I can track small goals and move them up in the rank in terms of, well, is, it eight, is the goal 80% complete or 20% complete? Then I'm encouraged to see if I can complete the rest of it. And I, to me, that... That makes sense. And in terms of sweeping, right, what you want to accomplish, this all might change. It might speed up and it might slow down, like he said. It's not going to be the same pace. And one of the things that we're not used to and we're learning in 2020 is that we have to be the pace setters of our goals. 
If things have slowed down because of circumstances, then we have to speed up our own paces and, and work with that. We're sort of almost sort of caught in this trap sometimes, aren't we? When things out of our control um, try and influence, and we then sort of feel bad for not being able to complete things, but because of something that was out of our control, we shouldn't feel that guilty. So shall right. we leave it there for now? We shall, and we shall continue these conversations through episodes 106, 107, and we'll see maybe 108. <laughs> really? <laughs> really. So, so where can we find you on the interwebs? Amazingly, you can find us at Wordology Productions now on Ooh. all the social media sites. And we've just uh, re renamed our company. So we're still doing throw punch resumes. We're still doing planarology. But Wordology Productions, I think, is a better envelope overall envelope of holding of what we do uh, since we language is pretty much everything that we do of course you wouldn't know it listening to my conversation today as i've gotten tongue-tied dealing with jim Rohn's simplicity uh, where can we find you steve you'll find me in the usual places of filofaxi.com travelersnotebooktimes.com and mr filofaxi on instagram and don't forget, folks, if you've enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to like it, subscribe to it, and share it. And also, take a look at our Patreon page. You might gain some wonderful insights there, too. Take care.